Yo, what's up, Wasteman? Yo. Wait, what'd you call me? <laughs> hey now, and welcome back. Week two is in the books, and week three is upon us with tonight the mustache versus the beard. Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Gardner. And it's going to be a barn burner. I can't wait for tonight. I picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick. I had to bench Deshaun Watson. And what a uh, tumultuous week two it was. Trey to get in and welcome me. Well, let me welcome back to the podcast for the first time since, oh my God, Scott drafted David Johnson. Scott Elias, <laughs> welcome back to the CFL 2.0 podcast. Week three. It feels good to be back. And it feels good to get things back to where they should be. Nice and concise, clean, not sloppy. Not intellectually like my, boring. Not like my disgusting roommate, Joel Gallagher. And let's just and let's, let's address that right now. Joel has, um, you know, I was going to fire Joel as a part-time fill-in, but Joel decided he was going to quit instead. Uh, so I said to him, fine, you quit, no severance package. So Joel is just lost again. Well, there you go. And well-deserved. He tried to plead his case last night when I uh, yelled at him for quitting, and then I fired him again <laughs> because he said he said he was bad. He said he was coming back on the show, and I said, nope, too late. You blew it. Did you say you're so... fired, or did you say, you're fired? <laughs> I did not do that emphatically. I was too um, disgusted in the fact that he somehow managed to escape um, escape his woes with Christian McCaffrey during Trade Geddon. Yes, so yes. Trade Geddon was uh, off the chain. I was part of Trade Geddon. But Joel continues to uh, give himself the name as the Trade King. So let's go over the winners and losers of Trade Geddon. There was a lot, to, a lot to dissect here. I feel bad for Yab. He was getting texted more than an ex-boyfriend texting his girlfriend. Not that I can relate to a situation like that. You know what I mean? I would, <laughs> I would never do something like that. But, uh, you know, uh, so sorry about that, Yab. But thanks for putting those through uh, for us, yeah. Commissioner. I'll give, yeah, I'll give Yab some credit, even though, you know, he usually gets run through the mud on this podcast. Yab, thank you for doing your job. <laughs> we, appreci- we, we appreciate it for doing your job. But I digress. Trade Geddon was... I feel like this happens at least once a year. Trade get in 2020 happened. I, I want to run through a few numbers before we even, even get into the winners and losers that I think needs to be talked about. First of all, $141 were, were moved <laughs> oh, <wow>. total <laughs> across, <laughs> across all the trades. And I'm down to like $40, so I'm kind of fucked. Yeah, $141 were moved. You and Joel topped the charts with five trades each. I pulled a big Joel this week. I was I was in full Joel mode over the weekend. Oh yeah. Uh Ray was right behind you both with four trades that he was included in. Jimmy and I followed closely with three. Jeremy got involved in two. Joey was involved in one. Um just an obsessive amount of trades. So much so Alec was heavily involved in trade talks. I know because uh, I was heavily involved in trying to get Alex to make a trade with me. I admit now, and I'll say this live on the air, um, I was a little crass towards Alec during our trade negotiations. I tried. Shocking. Um, That's just shocking that you would be crass. I tried going forward with the uh, bad cop, bad cop routine. <laughs> uh, so I called him. Alex said he was not interested in the player that I was trying to trade him. Uh, and rather than try to backpedal and maybe try to find something different. I insulted him and told him that if he didn't accept my trade, that he was fucking dead. Uh, I think I actually said, or else. I think it was So you threatened else. him. It, was, it wasn't an insult. Yeah. You, more of a threat. Oh, yeah. But then I backpedaled, apologized, and then insulted him again mm-hmm. when he didn't mm-hmm. give me the, the – when he's once again, I backpedaled, apologized, asked him if he would be interested in the player again. He said no. I insulted him again. The conversation you know, was over. It, I, I would usually I would have Alex back here, but I will say when you do try to negotiate with Alex, he's very quick to say no or no shot, and really just really it's it's not even just that he's saying no; it's the way he says it that just kind of you know eats at your crawls at you. I, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, I actually hit uh, Yob with a couple no shots this week. He <laughs> offered me he offered me some horrific some Joel Gottlieb esque trades. Um, I know, listen, the thing that that's, that's good is even the members that weren't involved in trade getting were inquiring. I know Craig kind of tickled me and Joel's balls. I think, I think Craig was fielding a lot of offers, uh, but you know, he's, he's staying put. He, he's not like the rest of us who overreact after one or two weeks and are ready to 
But I will say my prediction uh, before week one, if you remember, I had predicted that Joel would have a completely different team by now. And if you, yeah. if you look at Joel's team, it is completely different from top to bottom. Different quarterback, different running backs, uh, some different wide receivers in there. He has two players on in his starting lineup that are the same. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. exactly. I was, if I'm right about anything, it was that. And I think that's what really leads us right into though um, the winners and losers because I really hate to say this, I think Joel was a big winner this week. I think I so think, too. Yeah. I think Joel took a really shitty situation um, where I'll be honest, his team could have potentially been the worst in the league, worse than our number 12 on the power rankings, who should probably come as a surprise to no one, but we'll wait. Uh, But he dug himself out of the grave. He dug himself completely out of the grave. He was able to flip McCaffrey for Dalvin cook, which was astonishing. I could not believe Ray took that risk. Um, Ray takes what we call calculated risks. Yeah, too many. But he was able to take Dalvin Cook, flipped him for a great haul with Drake Rogers and CeeDee Lamb. And just like that, the team that was a potential Sacco candidate has the ability now to make a run. And I think, you know, he's still not done framing it up, but he's now went from no no movable pieces to a team, a deep team that has multiple movable pieces on it. And a lot of breakout potential. So Joel was a huge winner, in my opinion. Uh, and you agree? I definitely agree. Uh, although I will say that Joel always is changing up his team. He This time he finally got it right and did it for the better. And I think Joel definitely came out a winner. Um, and I think the trades that he made with um, other people benefited both sides. I don't think, you know, we can't really say Joel raped anyone here. Uh, no there way. was no Brock Turner involved. And, you know, people have been getting on me for using that Brock Turner reference maybe a bit <laughs> too much. But, I, but it, it really relates to almost every single situation. So I'm just going to keep using it. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, I think you're 100% right. And, and, honestly, that's a good parlay into my second big winner of the week, which I think was Joey. Um, I think Joey has put himself in a position now where, he has as good of a team as who I think the best team in the league is, which is Jimmy. Um, he held on to Jonathan Taylor. He was probably offered a million trades for him, and it looks like that's really going to pay off. Looks like he could potentially be like a Zeke, uh, Saquon Barkley caliber running back. He was able to pick up Dalvin Cook with with all the depth that he was able to create, which was absolutely massive. Huge. Still, still has Darren Waller. Um, Russell Wilson looks like a potential MVP candidate right now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and not only that, but he still has great depth on his bench, including three tight ends, which is crazy. But um, does he really? Yeah, he does. He has Chris Herndon, Isaiah Ford and Jordan Reed. What's the deal with that? Yeah, (laughs) it's it's, that is a Joey roster if I've ever seen one. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, he his roster really looks good. And I think uh That'll reflect in the power rankings this week, but I think Joey made his team really, really dangerous. Yeah, um, I think he has the potential to make a deep run. I mean, Hopkins, Taylor, and Cook, just looking at those three alone. It's scary. Then, yeah, it's horrifying. But Joey was a big winner. Um, I think the biggest losers this week, honestly, I think Jimmy was the biggest. Interesting. I, I don't think Jimmy really did anything to move his team forward. I think really he took a step back. I have no idea why he made the trade with me to get rid of Marquise Brown for Odell Beckham. I think Odell Beckham has shown over the past two games that he's pretty, uh, you know, he's taking a big step back and Baker Mayfield not being up to par is not going to help. Did you see the um, quote from from Odell Beckham Jr. today? No, what he said. It said, don't expect big numbers out of me in 2020. Did he actually say that? I swear to God, yeah. Joel showed me the... uh... Joel, let me see, I was getting a haircut before we recorded this. Um, just throwing that out there that my hair looks better than Joel and Jeremy's because we all got our haircuts together. And I, mine clearly came out the best. But anyway, Joel showed me a, pi- a picture of a tweet uh, from Odell Beckham Jr. saying, uh, don't expect big numbers out of me in 2020. Yeah, and, and that trade really didn't make any sense to me. I only ended up having to give up 20 fantasy dollars, and I have a bazillion, um, which I'll get into in a little bit. And then, uh, you know, the, 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 tr- your, the trade with you, I mean, that was the best trade I think you've ever made in the CFL uh, trading. You re- no, not better than the trade I made last year. Uh, for, Which one? It was uh, Golden Tate 
Mark Ingram for Mike Evans. Stop, 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 stop. (laughs) I can't even, I can't even talk about that. That was Craig was the worst Craig. And because of that trade, you fucked us all because now Craig's super like cautious about his trades now because he's so afraid to get he offered me that trade people people think i offered that trade to craig he offered that to me Uh, he got fucked for an audience he got he got fucked in front of that was like that was like having a free prostitute like the prostitute was just like you know what i made enough money tonight i'm just gonna fuck you because i feel like it dude you 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 abella dangered him as bad as bad you fucked him for a crowd and (laughs) uh and he and he was okay with it he just let it happen submissive and uh, that was just bad. how I like but, it. But with that being said, Jimmy, I think, um, you know, just a brutal trade taking on Odell Beckham. And then the Leonard Fournette trade, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of I didn't really understand it. I think that getting he had one good week and I think you were able to bring back two pieces that were really quality. And in Amari Cooper and Singletary, there's still some hope there for Singletary. Um, so it was a great trade for you, which leads me to my second loser, which was you. Uh, I, you literally started the week, made the trade with Joel, panicked completely <laughs> and made five trades to get your team to exactly back to the point where it was at the beginning. Yes, I know. I did. I did do that. But you have to give me some type of credit for at least getting myself back into the mix of things because I was in a deep, deep hole and I clawed my way out of there. So you have to give me you some did. credit for getting myself back into the uh, swing of things. I do give you credit. I give you 100% credit. And here's what I will say. You did pick up. I think really where you got hit was there's less upside for Singletary than Fournette. But mm-hmm. I think there's more There's more upside for Cooper than uh, for Cooper than Juju. But with that being said, I think you really just made a lateral move. You made five trades. To, it was an Elton Brand up. move. It was an Elton Brand GM-esque move for sure. I was channeling my inner Elton Brand, my inner Howie Roseman, my inner Matt Klentak, who I want to murder. I want his, yeah, I want his head on a stick. I want his head don't, on a stick. Don't talk about him, but he's a piece of shit. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think ultimately, you know, and this may fall a little bit more under Noteworthy. Uh, than a loss because you did get yourself back to normal, but you gave up a shitload of fantasy dollars to do it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it is what it is. You got back to, you got back to where you were at the beginning. So yeah. uh, with, with, but so I guess it's not the end of the world, but that kind of leads to where me and Ray are, which I don't think Ray or I made any moves that killed us, but I don't think we made any moves that are going to push us forward. Really the moves that I made were swapping Hollywood for, Odell Beckham, which I think is more of an upside trade. I was I was out on Odell Beckham, and I love Hollywood too much. So sometimes, so um, I made the trade, and then I also got a fuckload of fantasy dollars to loan Ray James Robinson. So uh, I think, which I think was good for Ray. He'll have three weeks of time with a pretty great running back. I mean, James Robinson, the Admiral, has been uh, he's been running the ball great, and he'll make the transition from Dalvin cook to Christian McCaffrey way easier as uh, you know, in the meantime. So he's not getting fucking killed every game uh, because he really can't afford to lose again. Yeah. Ray has been one of those guys who, if you look at um, his point score, he's been putting up numbers, but he's run into some really tough matchups uh, over the last two weeks. I think he's lost by what a combined six points or something. Well, I guess you beat him by a little bit. You know, you beat him by what? Like three, right? Yeah. I think I beat him by two. Oh, wow. Three, okay. Yeah. And then Millardi beat him by three, I think. So he's lost by like a conv- collective, like five or six points in his first two weeks. That's absolutely brutal. I'd be losing my shit. And I think he's the second highest points for score in the league. Yeah. So it makes it even worse. Um, but yeah, trade getting is come and gone. Uh, we'll see if the trend continues. I'm sure now that Joel's got his dick hard for trading, he'll probably, <laughs> uh, he'll probably keep it moving. But um, I think all in all, it was uh, the website's going to have a lot of updating to do with uh, all of the uh, transactions made and Joel continuing to hold himself in that high record. I think Joel really deep down inside just wants to keep himself at that high record of uh, most most transactions in CFL history. Well, that's what he said to me the other day. Was, <laughs> I was kind of I was kind of sick to my stomach. Something that a total loser says. I would never say this, obviously, but he said he would rather trade his whole team to make sure that he just makes the playoffs keeps his record high than he does about winning the league and making league winning trades. I mean, that's absolutely sickening. Um, The fact that Joel is 
just trying to, you know, win games and stay afloat. I mean, what is he, the fucking Cleveland Browns? If you're not, if yeah. you're not in this to win a championship every single year, if you're not putting $8 down on Ryan Fitzpatrick on a Thursday to start him over Deshaun Watson, a former MVP candidate, are you really doing the right thing? I don't think so. And uh, that's really what it boils down to. Not that championship mentality, a very Mike D'Antoni, Houston Rockets mentality, which might come back to bite me in the ass when the Sixers hire Mike D'Antoni. And his and, Hitler uh, mustache. In a few days' time. So let's transition right over, um, Adam, to player of the week. Um, there was a little bit of discussion between this uh, that you and I had this afternoon when we were coming to our consensus pick. But um, what we did agree on was the nominees. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read off the nominees and then we'll kind of go into each why they were nominated. So, uh, the first nominee was Joey, uh, Joey obviously put up 150. And when we look at player of the week, the important thing to note on that is we're really looking for a managerial decision, something that that manager owner did to put themselves in a position to win. Um, when we talked about it, the big thing with Joey was obviously the move to keep Jonathan Taylor. So sometimes uh, your best move is no move at all. And Joey was harassed with offers for Jonathan Taylor. He stayed true to it. Um, and Jonathan Taylor has really carried him to a huge win and the highest point scored of the week. Yeah. And he also uh, made the trades with uh, Joel, which got him Dalvin Cook. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't start Dalvin Cook last week, did he? Yep. So that'll be for now. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, but I think and we had 153 points and absolutely just Brock Turner job. So I <laughs> I was the one that said that Joey should probably win just because of uh, his points scored. And um, I think everything you said pretty much sums it up. Yeah. And then our second nominee uh, was Jeremy. Jeremy, uh, again, a big week over Alec. Uh, came down to the wire. Fucking Jeremy. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jeremy was able to pull it off. And again, I think the big move for him was sticking with James Conner, his guy. Uh, James Conner was hurt last week, uh, was healthy halfway through the game, but the Steelers stuck with Benny Snell. I'm sh- everybody and their mother was trying to tell Jeremy to bench James Conner. Uh, he had so many options on his bench. He could have started Benny Snell, which I did in my other league, which fucking killed me. Uh, That's illegal. But, other leagues are illegal. Yeah, other leagues are illegal. And, uh, you know, Jeremy stuck true, and that 18 points won him the week, really. So um, it was a great managerial decision by Jeremy, um, one of his few. And, um, you know, and, and that definitely merited some consideration for, for player of the week. Yeah, Jeremy stuck with his guys. I mean, he even started Darius Slayton as his uh, wide receiver, too. And he only put up 111 points, which maybe to the naked eye doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're in a league as deep as ours is, uh, you know, you'll see 111 points sometimes. That that can win you a lot of weeks. Um, I mean, I only put up 90 points. Um, but if I had started to, if I had started Robbie, Mr. Anderson, <laughs> and, uh, Anderson and Leonard Fournette, I would have beaten you. So uh, right. don't, don't, you know, point scored when it's a low point score, that doesn't mean that you still can't make it on to a uh, player or owner of the week because – this is a very deep league and it's hard to get the right guys. And I mean, if you're starting Darius Slayton as your wide receiver too, I mean, that just goes to show you how deep this league is. Darius Slayton, not senior. No, not Um, a junior, not a junior, not a junior, not a junior. And our final nominee was Connor. uh, And, and our official player of the week was Connor as well. Um, But Connor, the reason why two time champion, the reason why we ultimately gave him player of the week um, really in a pickle with the injuries on his roster, um, pulled out two big starts with DK Metcalf and John Brown, um, both of which really carried him to the end. A huge must-win game. Uh, I think he was rated like, I think he was actually rated last on uh, on the power rankings last week, and or second to last. Not good, but um, he came out big with those two starts, um, saved his week. And then Miles Sanders and Melvin Gordon both coming out big. Melvin Gordon actually looking pretty good. But besides the point, Connor is the CFL 2.0 podcast player of the week, second official winner, do you, and our current champion. Do you feel like Connor, like just effort, effortless, effortlessly just 
wins fantasy leagues. Like I feel like he puts almost zero effort into his lineup. And like I texted Connor um, for a trade for John Brown, and uh, he texted me back, and his response was, "Don't I have John Brown?" And I yeah. I said, "Yeah, uh, you do have John Brown, Connor. That's why I'm trying to trade for him." <laughs> Um, and he was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. So I, just, I feel like Connor just kind of like you could if you could ask Connor who is who's on his team, he probably have no fucking idea. But somehow he just wins championships <laughs> and gets owner of the week. It drives me nuts. I listen. It's not it's not fun. Connor's not a smart man by any stretch of the imagination, not an intelligent man, but he's your he's words, socially, not mine. He's socially capable. And that's what makes him so great. He knows when he's in trouble, and he makes moves to get himself out of trouble. I mean, listen, let's face facts. Connor is one game below Joel for the all-time record. He has two championships. There's a reason for that. He's a good fantasy player. Um, he's very socially capable. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Connor fan, even though, listen, I'll say it again. He's not an intelligent man. I'm not an intelligent man either. But Connor, you know, let's just face the facts. He is what he is. But very socially capable and our owner of the week this week. So congratulations, Connor. Um, just another uh, another award to add to your already full mantle. Yeah, it's pissing me off. And especially since we all know that Connor cheats with his beer and uses Rogaine. <laughs> and so that leads into really the only nominee for Game of the Week, and I think this will come as no surprise. Um, Millardi and Ray, I mean, an absolute shootout from start to finish. Uh, I remember being at the Indian, an Indian restaurant with Joel following the uh, Sunday's festivities, which congrats. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You went to an Indian restaurant? Well, like, the, it's right down the street from our house. We just picked it Gross. up. Gross. But uh, after, which again, I'll repeat my congratulations um, to you and Malardi, actually. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, we, me and Joel were glued to that game. So, I mean, it was an unbelievable game. I think the final score, um, if I have it in front of me, I think it was 140 to 130. Uh, so, yeah, 140.2 from Millardi, 130.8 for Ray. Just tremendous game. Uh, you had Josh Stallion, who was scoring – or excuse me, that was Jimmy's team. You had Aaron Jones, uh, who scored about 50 points, which was unbelievable. And you had Dak Prescott for uh, Millardi, who scored 40 um, Stefan Diggs, a huge game for Millardi, a breakout game um, with 25. Uh, of course, Chub Rub, Grub Hub Chub, uh, 25.8, huge week for him. Um, and really outside of that, McLaurin with the big week for Ray, just an sh- absolute shootout start to finish. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate for Ray. Did Ray get player, or Ray got game of the week last week, didn't he? Ray. Or was it me and did- Joey? No, it was me and you who got. Or no, 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 it was me and you played this I won, week. I won game of the week last week. Uh, oh, over Ray. Over yeah, Ray. Yeah. So Ray getting game of the week two weeks in a row, but losing both of those. I mean, that's just that's tough. I mean, there there yeah. are no such thing as moral victories in the CFL 2.0. I think I think Raymond Clifford Horner the fourth knows that better than anybody. Yeah, and I think really if winning game of the week twice in a row and being the loser in both says anything. Uh, it just goes to show that he is really in every single game that he's in. And um, like, for example, if, if, if he started Mike Gusecki, um, that was a win for Ray. So which, why the fuck he did that, why he didn't do that. I don't well, know. He started Gronk, the 24 yeah. seven champion. And is he still, no, I believe our truth is now the 24 seven champion. Our truth. Also known as Ron Killing. will set you free. <laughs> People forget about the golden truth when uh, Goldust and R-Truth teamed up for a short period of time. It just does not get enough credit. Yeah, just the the, 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 the attempt to remake history of uh, Booker T and Goldust. It's just classic Vince McMahon putting Goldust with another black guy and just, you know, closing the closing the books on that. And, and just, you know, that, that was his way of saying, this is pretty good shit. By the way, did you hear my Goldust impression? I did it in the middle of you talking. I heard it, but it, it came off a little bit muddled. It's got to be... I fucking love gold dust. The best. 
But um, so congratulations to Ray Malardi. Um, Ray, two-time Game of the Week winner already. Uh, Malardi, um, our local good-looking Italian man to roommate, up the to up the looks uh, department in this league, serving us well on the on the field as well. So congratulations to you both. And this leads into what everybody's been waiting for. Drum roll, please. Oh, should we Scott Elias power rankings. Should we put the power rankings uh, music on? Yes. Now, see, the problem with the power rankings music is, uh, you know, you can't really talk over it or else it, it won't come off very well. So, you know, bef- before you or when you mention a name, uh, the music will play and then I'll let you do your thing. So uh, go ahead, Scott. Start Start the power rankings. So power rankings. Here we go. We'll start it off with the simple answer. Number 12, Craig Lind. Um, Craig's team is abysmal. Um, he is going to win the Sacco again if he doesn't do something. <laughs> it's not even like a uh, a question. It's not even a matter of like Craig has to do some serious, serious. He needs to trade Zeke and preferably to my team. Yeah, and Godwin needs to. I mean, I, he needs to take a page out of Joel's playbook and start really harassing people for trades because this is <laughs> because he is in deep deep trouble uh kittle hurt acres a non-factor um aj green a non-factor Cortland sutton out for the year godwin is out well you know aj I mean, green i will say um he had 13 targets but he dropped every pass he was like the dude in uh, the, the replacements who can't catch shit Rich, yeah, richard franklin and- and he may come back around on that. I mean, he, listen, AJ Green is AJ Green, but he, uh, Craig's team is in serious. serious he looks trouble. done. AJ Green looks Dunyan rings. Yeah, Dunyan rings with a side and, of honey mustard. And, and and so with that, I don't see a a path for Craig right now unless he gets out of his own head and, and starts making trades. Um, David Johnson would look really great on your team, Craig. Just putting that out there, <laughs> um, amongst other amongst others, of course, of course, we'll talk, we'll talk, but um. You know, Craig's team is in some some trouble. Um, he does have LaVisca Chenault in his starting lineup. I see. Great name, great name, great name, and all NFL, an all pro name. Um, so Craig, number twelve, number eleven. <laughs> I fought really hard to avoid doing this, but my number eleven is Yob. Um, I have a very similar outlook. <laughs> 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 well, that's amazing. Uh, I have a very similar outlook to Yad with Joel on this. I think that, uh, you know, Zach Ertz is washed. Do I say it? Do I dare? Uh, I think that he's just really not. Fuck uh, Zach Ertz. He's not a key factor uh, at this point in, in time. The Eagles look like a joke. He's got alligator arms. Nikhil Harry and DeAndre Swift uh, in his starting lineup is 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 there is scary, to say the least, and not in the good um, way. Scary, more like Michael Myers coming at you. Scary. Yeah, uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know that nothing about that bronze offense outside the running backs is worth looking at. Um, Mike Evans again, same type of situation, very uh, situational as a wide receiver right now. Tom Brady doesn't usually like to go down the field. Then again, he will continue to look for Mike Evans. But long-term fantasy outlook, I think he's going to have his weeks. So um, Yob's team just really doesn't look great to me. I think with Raheem Mostert set to miss some time, uh, Henry Ruggs really going on and off the uh, on and off the the injury report. I think Yob's going to have to make some trades, and it may start with uh, that quarterback of his. Uh, Lamar Jackson. So yeah, yeah, I'll you know. slide in my DMs because I could really use a guy like Lamar Jackson on my team. <laughs> and so you know, it's it's a tough break, but you know, I, I just really don't like the long term vision uh, for Yob's team, and I think where he's situated now, um, he could be in trouble, especially going up against me this week. Um, he's in deep trouble. So uh, moving on, sounded like a forewarning there. Yes, moving on. Uh, number ten, I have you, Adam. Uh, <laughs> You're right, Scott. I am a ten out of ten. And uh, you are at number ten. Adam. I, I think that again, you spent like forty fantasy dollars to get yourself 
to, to get yourself exactly back to the position that you were in before you started the week. Um, I think Julio and Devontae Adams, I think Julio is going to be hurt. And I think one of the reasons why. That's exactly you know, why I made that trade. I had to do it because I saw that uh, Julio and um, Adams have hamstrings made out of SpaghettiOs. So I had to, uh, I had to go and make that trade for Cooper. I had no choice. Yeah. Julio is, is in some trouble here. Um, I think your running back situation is suspect. He's also allegedly a homosexual. Yeah. It's your running back is situation is suspect at best. Really what keeps you alive in my opinion, over Yob um, is I think that you have a really deep bench, which is going to really pay dividends for you. Um, you got to get a running back or two in your bench, but having Robbie Anderson, Golden Tate, who I think looks like maybe the guy, I thought it was going to be Darius Slayton Jr. Jr., but it does not appear to be. Um, Corey Davis, who's going to be filling in for the time being, and Clam Crowder, who is my personal favorite player, I think, besides Marquise Brown um, in fantasy this year. Yeah, he's still as as listed as healthy. doubtful, though. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got other hamstrings. That everyone's got a. Why does the NFL have a hamstring pandemic? Yeah, it's not great, but uh, your team. You, it looks like though the good news. Looking at looking at some of the positives though for you, Tyler Higby is probably the real deal now. So he's the only reason why you and uh, my game with you was slightly competitive. Yeah, I mean that dude is the truth, and as I said at the beginning of the year, not surprised at all. Um, he was my, he was my, as you know. My pick, pick this guy or your draft is over. Oh, I remember player. when I picked him. If you listen back uh, to the live podcast, you can hear the ground shaking because you were so angry uh, that I picked him that you stormed out of the room. Well, Noah Ken has been incredible for me, so I can't complain. Um, but Adam, you sit at number 10 right now, I think. Uh, Even though I once... picked up the bearded one, Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> that does not move the needle. <laughs> and... Uh, I think once Julio and Devontae Adams get cleared up as far as their injuries go, um, we're going to see a drastically different team. But until then, uh, and until you can get rid of Mark Ingram, uh, which who is going to be a succubus on your starting lineup. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm going to have to sneak my way. I'm going to have to Doug Peterson my way into the playoffs. Yes. And so that leads that us makes to number nine, uh, which should come as no surprise. Uh, our very own Raymond Clifford Horner, the fourth, uh, Ray traded his best player. <laughs> Ray Ray traded his best player for a guy who will be out for six weeks um, and had no idea he'll come back the same. So I almost upside. just spit out my natural lime white claw. But upside, um, you know, as he always says, upside. Uh, you know, he's got some. He's got some serious problems with Allen Robinson appearing to hate the Chicago Bears all of a sudden as he deleted all mentions of the Chicago Bears off of all the social media accounts. Um, so that leads me to believe. Did he really something. do that? Yes. What a so, faggot. Like, what a, like, it's such so, like a childish thing to do. Like, who does something like that? Is that, is that the way he, NFL players get themselves traded? They just unfollow everybody on social media? So that's what Jamal Adams did, and it worked. So, uh, and that dude is a freak. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, Ray having some serious issues that he's going to have to answer – Finally, he got rid of that um, absolute corpse of Rob Gronkowski, um, who stinks. He should just go back to the um, WWE. Robert Woods, don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, it seems like Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby are controlling most of the target share there. So um, hopefully Robert Woods can pick it up. I'm a big Robert Woods fan. Was on my team uh, for a hot second before I traded him in the draft. And uh, so it could, could be interesting to see how that works. But um, a little bit of a rough outing for Ray right now. If he can hold off until uh, Christian McCaffrey comes back, he lands Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey on the same team, which would be scary. But for now, um, with my man, the Admiral, James Robinson, um, he sits uh, at number nine. Moving on here, number eight. Jerome. Wow. Jerome Giggins, the waste man, as he's often referred to by many people. Or the hose. Many, many people have been talking about it, the waste man. He's so blim. Jeremy, let me just say this about Jeremy real quick. Uh, I was getting my hair cut with him today, as I previously alluded to. Mine looks better. And um, Jeremy has great rapport 
with his barber, I was across the entire barbershop and I could hear Jeremy and his barber just having such a great conversation. So props to Jeremy for just being such a guy's guy. Just chopping it up, breaking bread with the low Talking about his, his neckline and how it connects to his beard so uncannily perfectly. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's really just a pleasure to hear Jeremy. Uh, such a, such a waste man move. But um, so Jeremy, obviously uh, Clyde had a rough week last week. Um, Jeremy was able to hold on to a good win, but I think he's got some real questions. James Connor, Darius Slayton, uh, Keenan Allen being three of three. Uh, if Tyrod Taylor does come back from his punctured lung <laughs> via his, via his own doctor, <laughs> that as, is insane. As the starter in LA, I think, uh, that really hurts Keenan Allen's, uh, season long outlook. I think Herbert, uh, looked great, like really great. And um, I think really he should be the starter, but I think Anthony Lynn's too much of a pussy and a coward to uh, let Herbert be the starter because he's he's Racist. concerned about, about the, <laughs> because he's concerned about the uh, liability of his uh, doctor. Anthony so, Lynn is a poor man's Mike Tomlin, also. Right, but with that being said, uh, got some really nice pieces. Kyler Murray looks like the real deal, uh, not as good as Matt Ryan, but still looks like the real deal. Um, Clyde, I think just usage wise, just didn't fit into the playbook. Got a lot more passing looks, which was important to see as a, a, you know, moving forward here, we need, you need to see Clyde get those looks out of the backfield, but going against Baltimore this week, really hate that matchup, uh, for him, Mark Andrews, obviously probably the second best tight end in the NFL, uh, behind Travis Kelsey. I think he's better than Kittle. What about Hayden Hurst Helmsley? Hayden Hurst Helmsley. Oh, just gosh, wanted to say a, his name. What a stud! And he, uh, or Hunter Hurst Hel- Henry. <laughs> but uh, no relation. Lot, not a lot of triple H's, but uh, you know, gonna have some questions to answer there. But for now, he'll sit at number eight. Uh, number seven, we've got Puffy Alec Combs, big dog. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for it to go. I was trying to hit play. It just wasn't it wasn't working. I, I was like waiting for it to play. I'm like, oh my god. We are at the uh, 25 second mark of this YouTube video, so we have plenty of time. Yes, but uh, <laughs> but uh Puffy uh really almost came back this week. Uh looks like he has his guy in Cam Newton. Uh real stud. Chris Carson is the real fucking deal. Um, I tried very hard to get Chris Carson on my team, uh, and he really meanly said no. And so uh, we got that was, part. You insulted him. I'm really pissed yeah. off about Calvin Ridley too, taking all the juice away from Julio. It's pissing me off. Calvin Ridley is the number one ranked. I'm so angry in fantasy right now. Calvin Ridley eats at Popeyes over Chick Fil A. Calvin Ridley has neck tats, so you know he's the real deal. Um, which is, by the way, something I didn't know until right now when I clicked on his name and I saw his massive neck tat, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> what is it of? Like, what is it a tattoo of? Dude, like a dog? I, don't, I honestly don't even know, but it is intimidating as fuck because he's got a huge chain on, too, and a do-rag. And I'm like, this serious? I'm like, this guy looks like a bad motherfucker right now. He looks like he's looking pretty bad. I'm Googling his honest. tattoo right now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow, he he's looks- got several. Yeah, I mean this this dude. Oh no, I think I just ac- I'm accidentally looking at naked pictures of Calvin Ridley right now. Are you actually? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But anyways, besides looking like an absolute badass in his in his picture, um, Calvin Ridley stud, uh, Adam Thielen looking like he's holding on to some uh, prior glory. Hooked he on a He was pick, able to pick up Mike Davis, which will be a good pickup for three weeks. Um, but he had the capital to spend. Uh, so not the worst thing in the world, but there's a lot of questions, namely Mike Davis, uh, namely his flex position being Traquan Smith, who uh, had a good week last week. But realistically, can we believe that Traquan Smith week in and week out is going to get more looks than Emmanuel Sanders, at least until Mike Thomas can't guard Mike comes back? Uh, I don't know. And uh, his tight end situation with Evan Ingram is inconsistent at best. So had a pretty rough two weeks, Evan Ingram. Uh, So really was never able to recapture that uh, rookie year glory that he had. So he sits at seven, um, has the, he's a playoff team. 
has the potential to make some noise, um, but he's going to have to answer some questions here, especially with his second running back spot um, with really Mike Davis being, being it and, and Zach Moss. So a uh, lot more questions than answers, but you know, for now, Alex, it's at seven um, still a strong performer. So moving into the top six, number six, and sorry about that. We had a little bit of technical difficulties here on the CFL 2.0 podcast because uh, Jerome Giggins, Brett Favre's dick pic, decided he wanted to call. He wanted to call in live, but we said, no, fuck off. And he completely ruined the mojo of the podcast. So I take back everything I said about Jeremy, about being a stand-up guy, being a guy's guy. Uh, I, I would like to retract that statement, and now I'd like to make a new statement. <clears throat> Jeremy, you're a piece of shit. End of statement. Anyway, moving on, we'll get back into the power rankings. I believe Scott was about to name the uh, sixth, number six on the power rankings. So I'll give it back to my co-host, uh, Scott. Scott? Thank you very much. And Jeremy, I concur with that statement. Fuck you. You're a waste man. Just as I said you were. Fucking uh, bender. Everybody says it. Um, oh, my gosh. Everybody says it. it. Everybody knows it. You're a waste man. <laughs> You're a loser. You're an just... idiot. I just saw that Adam or uh, I just saw that Malardi picked up Dalton Schultz and I just got sick. I literally almost puked in my mouth. Dalton so, Hammer Schultz. Yes, but Malardi, number six. Uh, again, Fluffy came came to play last week. Uh, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, uh, both. Fluffy's had a really game. sticking. I like it. Yeah, I like Fluffy a lot. Uh, Todd Gurley uh, did not have a great game, but. He had a ton of carries, which means um, the usage is going to be there. Um, and, you know, Todd Gurley is just going to have some of those games. I think it's no reason to fret. Um, I think that he's going to be just fine. Uh, with that being said, I'm looking at his starting lineup right now, and I'm perplexed by his decision to sit Stephon Diggs, but uh, to each their own. Uh, is he starting Devontae Parker over him? Yes. So One of, one of my guys. See, I don't mind that because – if Devontae Parker gets touchdowns tonight, that means that Ryan Fitzpatrick, I can't believe I'm starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get points as well. And, uh, and so, but with that being said, I really, really, really like the look of his team. Uh, love Fluffy. Uh, obviously, I've been a Todd Gurley guy since the beginning. I screamed loudly when Millardi picked him. Um, Nick Chubb was going to be my pick all the way up until I panicked and took can't guard Mike and he fucking blows. So um, huge mistake on my part. Really regret it. But, um, you know, what's done is done. And Todd and I really like his the outlook of his team. Deontay Johnson looks like he has the potential to be a real, real stud uh, with Big Ben. You see how different the Steelers receivers are with Big Ben in the lineup. Uh the Juju looks like the Juju of old. Deontay Johnson, you just see how talented he is. Um, even James Conner benefits from uh, Big Ben, you know, being as good as he is. So not only do I love Malardi's team, not only do I love Deontay Johnson, I love the Steelers this year in general, which is why David Johnson will be sitting on my bench this week as I start both of the Chargers running backs together, uh, Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler. Double trouble. Against the Panthers. But – I digress. We're talking about Millardi now. Stay focused. And if we can go back to when Millardi uh, posted that video preseason of him baking that potato when he called out the entire CFL 2.0 and said that the Italian stallion was coming, he meant it, and now yeah. he's here to stay. Yeah, and literally and figuratively. Uh, so he was coming in the league, and then, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, he was coming this Sunday. Very good well. sophomore campaign so far. It's early. It's early, yes. but still off to a good start. Uh, I would, I would say so myself. Yes, and so I did notice that. And we actually was... play each other this week. It's the battle of the apartment, and uh, I, I'm afraid I, I may lose this one again. Yes, and so I noticed that you're continuing to breeze over my joke uh, time and time again, which makes me think that it may be a touchy subject. What was the joke? Uh, I said he was coming literally and figuratively. So, he was, <laughs> so he was figuratively coming for our next. I movie. thought. I thought you meant. I thought you were uh, referring to the baked potato, um, but now that, yes, yes. Right. Now, now I understand what, what, what you're saying. Yes, touchy, yeah. touchy subject. Um, there was a gaping hole involved. <laughs> so here, he said that we'll your words, not mine. We'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move. Let's on. just say it was a slippery slope. <laughs> we digress. We digress. No, wait. No four ways going on, or 
Uh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's still September, you know. Let's wait till Halloween passes. What? It, what? It, and by the way, I for those uh, for those curious, I did lie to Joel as I tend to do. I usually <laughs> um, in the in the form of Doctor Will Kirby from Big Brother. I like to throw about maybe fifty lies a day to Joel. Um, and, and see which ones stick. Um, I actually have lost track, which actually, you know, I'm in a bad place when I've actually started losing track of the lies that I've told him. So I'm like, <laughs> I should eventually tell him the truth on some of these, but then I kind of forget what I lied about and what I told the truth about. So me and Joel's current relationship in the house, I don't really know where it stands because I kind of forget some of the lies that I told him. You've so. basically just um, described someone who is a pathological liar. So you may want to analyze that a little bit more, a little bit further. Yeah. And, you know, uh, this isn't uh, a therapy session, but I appreciate your analysis. So I just care about you. (laughs) Moving on uh, into the top five, starting with our player of the week, Connor Maloney. Connor, not an intelligent man. (laughs) Don't you just wish Chris Berman was here? I love the Minshew thing at the beginning, by the way. Love oh, that. you mean Gardner? Minshew. The best. The best. And by the way, Adam, I'm just going to let you say this right now, uh, who I'm very impressed with, which is uh, Connor's tight end. Uh, I'll give you a hint. He was the longest reigning world heavyweight champion in WWE history. <laughs> oh, you mean Hayden Hunter Hurst? <laughs> Hayden Hurst. Oh, no, Hayden Hurst Helmsley. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, I just combined his name and Hunter Henry into one person. Yes, yes. So um, Connor made the controversial decision uh, during the draft to actually trade his first-round pick to Jimmy uh, to collect a second and a third. Connor was very keen on the idea of having depth, and, uh, you know, he has a lot of it. I mean, you look at his team top to bottom, uh, it it looks really good. I mean, he was able to go ahead and grab Patrick Mahomes. He still has two solid running backs, Sanders and and Melvin Gordon. He's got Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf, who looks unbelievable, by the way. Um, And then, of course, he had A.J. Brown, who's hurt. uh, James White, who's hurt. John Brown, who's hurt. Still had the depth to find Jarek McKinnon, who I believe Connor picked – yeah, I actually, I'm almost 100% positive. Connor picked him two years ago when he first signed with the 49ers and he got hurt. So now redemption as Jarek McKinnon finally sees his way onto the stitches in this bitch roster and, uh, you know, we will have a big week, I assume, against the hopeless New York Giants, the only team in the NFC East more hopeless than us. So um, really impressed with Connor's team. I think that even though he doesn't have that star, I think that the depth in which he has, like I think Miles Sanders and Melvin Gordon are both top tier running backs right now. I think that Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf, both top 10 receivers. Um, he really has a lot of like a big run again. And then obviously Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Um, with that being said, he doesn't have that star. Uh, and everybody knows in fantasy football, you need that one piece who you can depend on week in and week out. Um, Consistency is great, but I don't know if it wins you championships. And, uh, you know, I I think that's going to be a key thing for Connor. But again, uh, you know, I really like his team. I'm a huge fan of it. Big fan of Connor as a fantasy owner. Everybody knows that. It's well documented. Um, So, so, you know, that's where Connor sits at the number five spot. Yeah, Melvin Gordon uh, has been quite a surprise, actually, over the last two weeks, uh, to me at least. Um, especially Stunt. with Philip Lindsay Trotter out, um, yeah. you know, that definitely adds a lot to, to Melvin Gordon's uh, value. Philip Lindsay Trotter, which who is hot as hell, by the way. Yeah, I know. I, I really wish I didn't fuck her in the woods on the ground when she was not hot because that story would have been so much better if she was hot. Okay. And not I wasted. Saw, I was shown a picture of her, I believe, by either Joel or Joey, and uh, she is extremely good looking but i digress i mean i don't know if i would go extremely good looking i mean that that's a little over, over the top wouldn't you say she's well, she's good looking. she's not extremely good looking 
we're on the public airwaves, so uh, God forbid this ever comes out. God forbid the people uh, of Australia have gotten a blowjob from Lindsay Trotter, like the rest of the CFL 2.0 podcast. <laughs> Which, by the way, me not- and Joey also, uh, you know, are Eskimo brothers. I would like to uh, say for the record that I am not part of this group that did get that. And I would also like to say for the record, if this ever gets released, Lindsay Trotter, we are, of course, talking about another Lindsay Trotter, not you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not the one that lives in Earlton, New Jersey. Did I just give up too much information? And moving on. Uh, <laughs> God, that was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh really this bad. is how rumors and, get uh, spread uh for any future lawsuit this is parody complete joke <laughs> there is there is no it's the lemon lime it's the natural lime uh white claw hard seltzer talking which is five percent alcohol by the way and moving on not sponsored we, by the way yeah this we cannot we now cannot sponsor this episode but uh the 15 cents that we're gonna make <laughs> off this episode is now uh off the table we're hurting our pockets for the jokes now, number four, moving on, Joel, Patrick, Gottlieb, uh, Joel, Joel, I am, ext- again, and I don't like to give him credit, he's my mortal enemy, um, <laughs> I hate him more than, more than words can describe, but I am so impressed with what he's able to do year in and year out. I blink my eyes, and all of a sudden, all the, the Joel Gottlieb mist comes over everybody, and he's able to make these trades that really work out for him. So he was able to move the corpse of Christian McCaffrey, um, who lays closely next to Rob Gronkowski at the current moment. Um, he was able to flip that for Kenyon Drake. He was able to get Juju Smith-Schuster from you. Um, oh, my life. My God, a horrible trade. I know, t- I know. But, but, uh, but to be fair, I thought it was a good trade in the moment. It, but- at the moment it was, and then I just completely fucked myself. Oh, God. Let's just But see, here's what, here's what I will – so here's where I, I will – I dug myself credit. out. You, you didn't dig yourself out, but where I do give you credit is that you did recognize – I think a lot of people would have been like, all right, well, I made the trade. I got to see it through. I mean, did we really got- expect Will Fuller to put up a fucking goose egg? No. <laughs> like, honestly, what the fuck? I thought he was – I traded for him. I, uh, he had zero points. He, had, he didn't even have a target. Yeah, it was not good. But with that being said, I think that you uh, recognized early on, you're like, okay, this is a problem. Like, I'm seeing a timeshare problem with Malcolm Brown. I'm seeing a target share problem with Will Fuller. I've got to make some moves right now. And you got yourself back to exactly where you were before the trade. So I give you credit, but – Joel really helped his team. I think Juju's the real deal. Even though he's not practicing this week, hopefully he'll be out so that I can see Joel tilt, which I love doing. Um, CeeDee Lamb, I think, has the potential to be a star, if we're being frank. Um, oh, wait. Jeremy did come up with a good nickname for CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Silence of the Lambs. That's a, that's, a, that's a 10 out of 10 nickname. Oh, and he also came up with a 10 out of 10 nickname for Joel's backup quarterback. Yes, yes, that was a good one. Say that one. Aaron, not from the Jersey Shore, Roger. Yeah, that took me a second to really understand what he meant. And then I realized he was talking about Roger, Wow's boyfriend, who is an absolute fucking unit. (laughs) Total (laughs) legend. If I had, if, if my daughter, my unborn daughter, were to marry a man, I would say, is it Roger from the Jersey Shore? And if she said no, I'd say, well, then he can't marry you. Well, then you're a waste man. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that Joel really did an incredible job, um, you know, digging his team out of the cellar. Prior to the trade getting, I think I would have placed Joel around. I would have put him behind you. I think I would have put him behind y'all. I think Joel at 11. I would have put Joel at 11, and now I moved him all the way up to four. Um, I think he's. I think he did a great job. And listen, I will always give Joel credit, and this is part of being so You just so said obsessed. you hated him. I do hate him. I said I'm giving him credit. You said you always will give him credit. I will always give him credit. I always, I always give uh, fucking Bill Parcells credit, and I hate his guts. Well, that's just super random. I mean, but... what, what, is, <laughs> what is your hatred with Bill Parcells? We've you know never mentioned I, Bill Parcells once on the CFL. I, listen, I, I was just thinking of Cowboys, and that was the first one that came to my mind. You mean Bill Parcells? Listen, we're, uh, the kid digs himself out of – the kid who's older than me, but he uh, he digs himself out of these issues that uh, 
not a lot of people would be able to dig themselves out of. You're seeing Craig right now uh, in a similar situation, and he's just lying over and dying like a dead dog idiot. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, you know, he could be a real man and trade me Zeke, um, but he won't. And he also won't listen to this podcast because he doesn't have any courage or guts. But with that being... <laughs> <laughs> and he also lives in D.C. with liberal elites like AOC and Rashida Tlaib. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Can you believe somebody fucks that? I mean, I would fuck AOC. She's hot, you know, and, yeah, and she sure. she she just needs to be like shut the fuck up. And the only it would be a hate it would be a hate thing, a hate you know? fuck. I wouldn't. It'd be a hate fuck. You know, I'm trying to keep it. Keep, I'm trying to keep it. Keep it calm here. I'm a taken man. I can't be saying these kind of things. Well, I'll but... say it. I mean, I have, no, I have no. I bear no bones. Yeah. Listen, I'm a taken man. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be respectful. But uh, you know, if if push came to shove and AOC was naked in front of my face, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to say no. Um, Holly, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> am I? But I am. I am. I am. I am. But am I? Anyways, uh... <laughs> only if the tripod's on. Okay, we're gonna have to edit this part out. But. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in for the culture. Yeah, um, she doesn't listen to this. I mean, I hope uh, not. Dude, you never know, bro. She got. I bought her a shirt. Okay, does she have your Spotify uh, account? Do you guys share Spotify? Oh account? no, dude. I, I, dude. I changed. I changed the name. This is. Did, do you notice who you're recording with right now? Oh yeah, I, I did notice that. I'm recording with CFL 2.0 because I searched my name on <laughs> Spotify to get to my playlist on her phone. <laughs> And lo and behold, the first thing that comes up is the most, the number one podcast in Australia, uh, the CFL 2.0 <laughs> podcast, pops up. And I was like, well, this is not good. Uh, but before I go too far off um, base, let me just finish this with Joel. Again, I think his team is really set, set up nicely for get that. Future. Get that burp out. It's all right. It's yeah, out. that was bad. By the way, that was a powerful move, though, by me. That was power, um, power move. And I think it was, I think he has a really good team set up for the future. And I think as Joel puts it, uh, has a lot of potential for moves. Le'Veon Bell will come off the IR after next week. You still have Cooper Cup. Naheem Hines had that one-off week. Um, has Kenyon Drake's backup and Chase Edmonds. Um, Chase Brant Edmonds. Uh, for, <laughs> for anybody who gets that reference, a, a blast from the past. So uh, Brant Edmonds, a.k.a. Chase Edmonds, will uh, – I know you like that one. And, I'm uh, trying to understand what the fuck you're talking about. Who's Brant uh, Edmonds? Oh, dude. Is that oh, some reality you know, you TV know, show? Like, I'm going to look him up right, right now. While you, while if you, you know, go. you know. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Brant? But, uh, yeah, he was from Cherry Hill. Good guy. Oh, really so nice. it's like a real human being. Yeah, really nice guy. The first was, person uh, I saw when I looked up Brant Edmonds is uh, Cherry Hill East Boys Golf. Yeah. Did he go to East? I don't, I think yeah, I think he did. He did go to East. I think he also has CTE. I do not think that he has CTE, but um, well, he shot a fifty. Oh yeah, maybe he was on the golf team. Oh my god, he shot a forty-seven on the on nine holes, which is first of all, oh okay, they only did nine holes. I didn't realize that. But he's uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a good guy. Um, uh, uh, I haven't seen him in many a year, but he is pretty uh, good golfer. Yeah, decent golfer and uh, very nice. So, and now, and now, and now, a the running back for the Arizona Cardinals. So, congratulations <laughs> on the upgrade, Brant. And uh, so, Joel sits at number four. So now we're into the top three. Wow, I still haven't I still haven't said my name. Uh, yeah, that is true. And that ends right now. I come in at number three. Um, I, I... <laughs> The first two and O team, the one of the two two and O teams still standing. Uh, I think I'm kind of holding on by a thread, to be honest with you. I think I'm going to whoop Yob's ass this week because his team's trash. <laughs> but um, after that, I can't say for sure. Uh, Mike Thomas simply has to come back. Um, I think really the only reason that I'm as high on the power rankings as I am is because I'm two and O, and because Maddie Fresh, who I called, uh, like called it from a mile away so i'm happy about that but i think my team looks really good once the injuries come back i think the admiral who i loaned to ray plus david johnson plus austin eckler and josh kelly i have a really nice running back room there with jk dobbins um and malcolm brown i think that rounds out for a ton of depth i have too many receivers tyler hot or pop lock it drop it 
um, my star, my my guy, um, who's performing quite well. Uh, Hollywood, who I just traded for, who I'm obsessed with. Um, Julian Edelman, who's been playing out of his brain. Julian Rabbinical Beard Edelman. Rabbinical Beard, who I actually keep saying Rabbinical Beard to myself. And uh, Will Fuller, the goose egg. Uh, but I, I am really happy <laughs> with my team. I think I've got a lot of depth. I think that's my, my best thing going right now. I have a star quarterback in Matty Fresh, who looks like he's just going to unleash. Matty Ice. Hell. Matty Ice. Matty Fresh for me, bro. Noah Kant, who is a top three tight end right now. Noah Kent. Uh, Noah Kent. And, he do, and Noah Will. <laughs> and so Noah's uh, Noah Kent. Noah Kent, who's been a huge, huge um, piece of the puzzle for me. Uh, very happy with my team. I think that I have potential. If Mike Thomas can come back and be Mike Thomas, I think that I'm a championship team. Uh, if Mike Thomas cannot come back and be Mike Thomas, I think that I am going to be making a lot of trades in the next couple of weeks. So uh, you could either see a tilt and potential move back to the bottom of the standings for me and uh, going for a potential third Sacco. And uh, I think I have two, don't I? Do you really? I, think, I can't I believe I even has... agreed to do a podcast with someone who has two Sackos while I'm a champion. I mean, that's just, no, I think I, I think I only have one. I think I got close that. I think I got close to having two, but I didn't. Just goes to show I have zero standards. Yeah, I think Joey Joey has so I'm gonna write this Which I think we already category. covered in the Lindsay Trotter segment. Yes. Joey has one. Uh Joey has one. Ray has one. Alec has two. <laughs> um I have one. And then one was was vacant. So that is Oh yeah, because you know quit, right? No, but Joey would have won that. Joey got a loophole. Oh, Craig has one. That's who, that's who is. Oh, yeah. So, Craig, who won MVP and the Sacco in the same year, uh, very impressive. But let's wrap this up. Number two, Joey. As we went over at the beginning of the podcast, the kids' team is fucking nuts. Jonathan Taylor, Nucking Futs. Yeah, Nucking Futs. Kareem Hunts has DeAndre Hopkins. He, Russell Wilson, possible MVP candidate. Joey, for the first time since the CFL became the CFL, Joey has a real legitimate shot. If I was him, I would do absolutely nothing for the rest of the season with regards to trades. I would sit exactly where I am, and I would try to just work uh, maneuvering the waiver wire with his 15 fantasy dollars. Is uh, that really all he has? Yeah. <laughs> and, then number, and then number one... Uh, Jimmy, even though he had a horrible week of free agency, I think um, Jimmy's team is still the one to beat. That Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara mix is lethal, lethal, lethal. And uh, I think Jimmy's going to be a real, real tough one to beat going down the road. I do not want to play him. So happy that my uh, easy games are at the beginning of the year because I'm petrified to go up against uh, Joey and Jimmy and Joel right in a row. So, uh, We'll see what uh, Jimmy can do. Stallion looks like the real deal. Not as good as Matt Ryan, but, you know, I digress. And, um, you know, that's that's it for the power rankings this week. And, you know, Scott, before we wrap up, um, you know, usually we end on a high note. Usually we end on a, uh, a funny note. But I like to do things a little bit differently this week, if you don't mind. Um, and, you know, this is a real podcast. Obviously, Scott, we've known each other for so long. I consider you a brother of mine. And, I consider uh, many other of the members of the CFL 2.0 brothers of mine. And I really want to say thank you to all of the ones who have been listening and commenting and um, showing excitement for this podcast. And I'd like to end this podcast on a, on a little uh, excerpt that I thought of just a few minutes ago. And uh, earlier this week, I don't know if you guys got the news or not, but Gail Sayers, uh, former running back for the Chicago Bears, passed away. Wow. Um, did he really? Yes, he did. Um, I believe it was earlier in the week, maybe Monday or Tuesday, I think. Um, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. So Gail Sayers, uh, for those of you who are, who are not familiar, was uh, probably a top five running back in the NFL. Um, Absolutely. Uh, during the 1960s, uh, you could always go on YouTube and, and look him up. Uh, the reason I bring up Gail Sayers is because, um, you know, me and my father uh, had a very close relationship and one of our closest relationships um, that we had was because of uh, football and 
my dad taught me the ways of football. He taught me how to play football. He taught me how to watch football. Um, and one of the players that my dad always loved and his favorite player was Gail Sayers. Um, and, you know, me and my dad used to sit together and watch Gail Sayers highlights together. And um, my dad would show me how to juke and jive. And he learned how to juke and jive from Gail Sayers. And when I would play football, um, I liked to juke and jive. And I got that from my dad and my dad got that from Gail Sayers. And so when I heard that Gail Sayers died this week, it, it made me think of uh, those moments and those memories that I had. And um, that's something that I think is very important. And I think that all of us here in the CFL 2.0 uh, should, uh, should be about and hang our heads on and have those memories. And, and I, I ask all of you to go on YouTube and, and look up Gail Sayers and watch the way that this guy played. Um, and he's even quoted as saying, all I need is 18 inches of daylight. And so I just want to dedicate this episode to Gail Sayers, um, because when I heard of his passing, the first person I thought of uh, was my father and the relationship that we had because of a guy like Gail Sayers. And I just wanted to share that uh, with my brothers on the CFL 2.0 podcast. Yeah, and that was a tremendous way to end it. And I don't think I could have even ended it any better than that. So on that note, um, Adam, thank you so much for sharing that. And um, you know, and, and with that, we're, we're glad to sign off and we'll be back next week for week three. And I can't believe I'm starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh my God. Did he just try to think Johnson? Oh my God. It's the bearded one versus the mustache. We'll see you next week for week four. <laughs>